0: I don't know about you, but I'm looking for God to touch me this morning. I absolutely am looking for God to touch. To me, there's nothing like the touch of God on your life. If you've never had it, you can have it by simply asking Him. If you pay attention and listen to the Word of God and even obey it, then I believe God will touch you also today titled this morning's message, A Second Touch, because I was just thinking of myself as I was looking at this Word and studying the Word of God, because I remember when God touched me and opened my eyes to the things of Almighty God. What a day that was. That's been a long time ago, and I've been telling God, God, I should sure use another touch. And as I looked in the Word of God and listened to things and attempt to study in, in depth in the Word of God, I have come up with this A Second Touch. Mark 10.13 says this, And they brought young children to Him that He should touch them. Touch them. Your God loves to touch you. And I hope that you permit Him to. That He should touch them. And His disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when the Jews saw it, He was much displeased and said unto them, when Jesus saw it, I'm sorry, He was much displeased. He said, Suffer the little children to come unto Me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Simply the word touch is a definition to, to come in contact with. To me, there's nothing like a touch. Now when we moved out here, it was, oh, I don't know, what is it, 27 years ago? Uh, we uh, loved the Lord and were into God and into church, but you folks seem to be a lot more huggy than where I came from. That's the truth. In fact, I remember when Pastor Bender came here, one of the first things I wanted to do was shake his hand and hug him. And he did give me one of those little little jerks, but he did cave in and did hug me. Because um, it's just something, I don't know, it just was a little different. And and so after all those years, we've got uh, also uh, involved in that and included in it, there's something sweet about a touch. A touch from a loved one. It's comforting and it's it's kind of reassuring and Every time we see our grandchildren, we kind of demand it, but we want them to come and we want to hug them. And, and they both came the other day to my office and surprised me and they both had ball caps with a bill sticking out the hair and I had to take their hats off so I could give them. I just wanted to hug them even though I maybe I just saw them a day or two ago. There's something about hugging and touching. So how much greater would it be to have a touch from Almighty God? To feel the hand of God touch you Today, So listen, because I believe he's going to. Matthew 9.20 says this. Look all through the Word of God and you'll see people always wanting to touch the Lord and vice versa. It says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind Him and touched the hem of His garment. For she said within herself, listen, do you have this within you? Today, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. If I could just touch his garment. She had that in her heart. It had nothing to do with the garment. It was that her love and faith was exploding inside. If I can just reach out and touch him who walks by. His garment. She knew that she would be whole. She knew it. She knew what a comfort, a touch from the Lord would be. If I could just Touch His garment. There are times when things get so difficult in life and, and, and situations and, and pressures and buildups and things go wrong lots of times. All I want to do is just hug my wife. That's all I want to do. Just hug. There's a reassurance in there. I know I'm supposed to be the head of the home and have lots of the answers. and all. I just at times just need hug from my wife. And the reassurance how it feels inside her arms. And I hope vice versa. Luke 6.19 says this, And the whole multitude sought to touch Him. I'm seeking to touch Him this morning. And I'm also hoping as you hear the Word of God, for not knowing what you're going to hear today, but as you hear the Word stirred with the faith that should be in you, as you see the Word written at you too, by the time we get to the end, we'll desire a touch from God. Just a touch. Just a touch from You, Lord Jesus. That's all I need. And the whole multitude sought to touch Him. For there went virtue out of Him and healed them all. I don't know about you, but this day and age we live in is very unusual. You never know what you're going to see on the news. And every time that fox has that one little promo that they put on and and the music goes boom, fox breaking news, you're like, oh man, now what? Now what? Because it's very unusual as God is attempting to shake the heaven and the earth and all the various things. I think I told you maybe I didn't. I mentioned it to Ruth that April is usually has somewhere around 165 tornadoes. This year it had 763 tornadoes. God is God of the earth. God of the wind, God of the sky, and God of the sea. So the multitude is attempting to touch Him, for they knew something come out of Him, something they longed, something they need, something they desired, like I do today. Something I want from God. I'm not talking about, oh, a car, a black Cadillac. No, I'm just, God, I just need a touch an assurance. A, a, another touch from my God. Virtue to come out of God and into me. And that word virtue means strength and power. Strength and power to continue to walk this walk because it seems like it gets narrower and narrower, and the way to destruction gets worse and bigger, and more are on it that are on this way. God, give me strength and power, even though hordes and millions are walking the other way. God, I can continue to walk this. God, you got to touch me tonight, today, with that virtue. Lord, I want that virtue from you today that strength and power. It also means ability. I don't have the ability to pastor, to preach. I don't have the ability to walk that narrow. I don't have that ability not to fail God in the crucial moment. I don't have that in me. But God, if I could just have a touch from you today, if I could just get a hold and feel the hand your arms around me, God, I will get strength and power and the ability to walk this walk no matter what happened. Years ago, somebody gave me a picture. And at first when I looked at it, I thought, just just a little unsettling. And I'll I'll tell you why here in a second. But it has to do with foot washing, which is great. I'm not saying that unsettled me. But it had the picture of a pastor exhausted, sitting in his chair with his uh, head in his hands. Like this, really kind of not knowing it. But kneeling in front of him was the Lord with a basin, washing his feet. And I thought, man, if I could just have—not I'm not talking about wanting God. God didn't want to what? I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about that moment. If you're sitting in that place, exhausted and just overwhelmed by everything, and you tend to forget about God and where He is, and that picture reminds me, the Lord is ministering to me, virtue, giving me strength and ability, and He washes me every time I read the Word of God. He washes me, he gives me strength. So we're looking for that today, at least I am. I want that touch of God for that virtue again to come out of God so I can have that strength and power and ability to be that which I can't be, but He's called me to be it. Thinking, oh God, come today and give me that second touch. I kind of have an idea and know what you want, Lord, but I don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. Remember, David said, the arrow is beyond me, God. I can't do it, Lord. I can't catch up to it. I can't attain what You want, Lord. I fear the arrow is beyond me. But God will come give you the virtue, the ability, and the strength to do what He has for you to do. And for me. I also believe life sometimes wears on us. Life just kind of wears on us. I mean, even all those storms in April were unsettling to me in Ohio. I mean, really not a whole lot happened to Ohio. We got a little bit last night and stuff, but 760 some. And then it was only normally 100 in May and it was like 300. And I kind of know what's going on. I kind of see what's happening, but it could be unsettling itself in the weather. It's crazy. But life itself, and uh, you hear the stock market and the gas prices and the jobs and all the crooked stuff that's going on in the upper echelon that's supposed to be looking out for us. And life sometimes can be where, Not even mentioning all those children you decided to have for whatever reason. And they become of age and start causing you really problems. And situations that come up life can wear on us, cause us to become wary And it can cause us to become exhausted, man. Man, man. sometimes you can't even think clearly. Just—have you ever been there? I mean, I'm I'm being very honest with you—or even see things clearly. Just even see things clearly and think clearly because of situations that seem to come out of the blue, all the curveballs at once in your life, and all the various things and. And you heard that old saying, and I've used it a lot of times when you come to, for counsel, you can't see the trees through the forest. You kind of just get spun around by the enemy. and You're kind of like not sure what's going on and God and what's happening. And on top of it, there's the enemy of your soul who hates your guts and who never says, you know what? Take a break on him. There's no intermission. You play a football game, you get beat up the first half, then you have an intermission. You can go in there and get some orange juice, whatever it is, get a new battle plan. There's no intermission when it comes to the enemy. He just likes to thump on you constantly, constantly. The enemy, and with his darts of doubt that start to bombard your mind and the mix of the life, and the no, you're not working. And God, if you can just give us a second touch, Lord, just some virtue. Daniel tells us over and over that this is just the way it is. Daniel says in the enemy, he's going to come and he's going to speak great words against the Most High and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Man, when you look to the news and the government and the laws, there's never any good news concerning Christianity. They're always ripping this thing off the wall or declaring that illegal and you're not allowed to do that and you can't pray at graduation and just on and on and on. It's the enemy tempting to wear out the saints of God. And boy, sometimes he just does. He just kind of just wears you out. That wearing out means to harass and constantly because he doesn't take a break. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.4, four, tells us this, in whom the God of this world has blinded the eyes. Most of the people we attempt to deal with and, and hope for something or even the elect whatever can't even see the truth. Because the enemy has blinded their eyes and their minds so they can believe not. They can't believe it. Just been blinded. You can go like this. Look, look, look. Unless God does something wonderful in them, they can't catch it. They can't see it. Blinded. The enemy has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image... Of God should shine unto them, and they say, Oh, my gosh, I can see you. this is wonderful. Then you start to fall into doubts like, Man, God, you ever do that? When, when are you actually going to God? We're just you're all if you don't do nothing, God, we can't do a thing without you. Matthew fourteen thirty says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, Man, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Oh, man, I don't know. God, because I'm weak. We we doubt. We can fall into doubt. Situations just don't line up the way they do and something else happens and another peg falls out from under your portfolio or if you don't even know what a portfolio is, and... All that various stuff seems to happen that you tend to put security in and God's saying, I'm going to get rid of that one. I'm going to get rid of this one. I'm going to get rid of that one. And then your doubt starts to sink and you start to wonder. and God figured, just have another touch. And God says to us, wherefore didst thou doubt? And I just say, lots of times I say, God, I don't know. I just did, God. I caved again, God. And I asked God this about, I don't know, it was a month ago or half a month ago, whatever it was. I said, Lord, will I ever go through something without egg on my face? the young people? Mike Ross, didn't know what that means? Okay. I look at Mike as the generation behind me, so when he goes like this, I know I'm losing half the church. I mean, I just want to. Just don't you want to go through something? God goes, that's my boy. Instead of doubting and thinking and your mind wondering and just... It's just what we are, that fallen nature, self-absorbed type people. and So we start to fall into doubt when things seem to mount up and God looks at us and says, why did you doubt? And you want to start naming well, off your list. Well, number one, number two, number three, number four, and then you start going, what's the matter with you? Look how marvelous God is and how big God is. And why do I doubt you, Lord? God, could you just touch me again? God's into touching His people. He knows what we are. He knows we are but dust. Dust. The very thing you try to get out of your house every day. Get out. Dust. So when you go like this and the sun ray comes, and you see all that stuff, that's what you are. No backbone to it. There's no courage to it. There's no intellect. There's no wisdom. That's what God made us. He made us to be dependent upon Him. The touches from God. Man, we can go a long time thinking we don't need touches. By the way we act, it seems that way. Matthew 21, 21 says this, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I said unto you, and you can't look there and say he didn't say it on the moon. Yes, he did. That's why he gave you this word. He said this unto you. If you have faith, and man, how many times have we passed out those little seeds? I don't know if we have anymore. Because we just seem to let them things fall through. Probably every little tiny, whiny, 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 weenie, itty, weenie, it's itty, a seed I passed out. You're probably lost. And that's what we do with our faith in God, and that's all we need to move mountains. That's what God says. That's all you need in me. So Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. God says, it shall be done if you don't doubt and if you have faith. John 11.40 said, Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Man, I have preached that. I have read that. I have mauled that over. I've looked at that. I've looked into glory. I've looked into belief. Everything there is possible to do to it. And yet, I have to agree with the next verse, which I think I put in New Living Translation. Mark 9.24 says, The Father instantly cried out and said, I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. Man, I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. And things happen. ballpark Another dart from God. Loss of a job. And I go, God, are you going to take care of me? I did it again. Fell into doubt and disbelief, and God just like this father just instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me. Look, let's face it, let's be true. We can have a lot of disappointments in this Christian walk. We have, we do, we just do. We're living in a day and age where people just fall away left and right. People you prayed with, cried out with, then don't now, son, don't like you. These are hurts and things that are difficult to get over. With. Paul said, Demas. Hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I mean, Demas. Demas. And we can relate to this because Ruth and I have had people that we almost like our children. And they're just gone, never look back. We're like, how can these are hurts and and things you have to get up, plus the job and then the car and then your house is losing value. And all we did is want to go have fun, have a yard sale. I mean, not have one. Drive around to some yard sale. Everybody in there that was breathing had yard sales yesterday, <laughs> including the church. We happen to turn and go to this one yard cell, we end up in a conversation. And the guy's talking about how I can't sell my house if I wanted to. Because he owes more into the house and what he bought and what it's worth now. Houses are just we're like, man, we just wanted a yard sale. Here's a here's a quarter. We just because things all the time, they're always just kind of bombarding you. And, and then on top of that, you have these people you fall in love with that you never knew before, but Christ bonds you together and then something happens, it's ripped apart, and Paul goes, Demas, I can't believe it! He forsook me! Loving this present world. And they do. They do. Forsaken means... Listen to what it means, because you just read that. kind of It means you leave the person helpless. Like what? Your hell? what happened? Totally abandoned, utterly forsaken, is what that means. It's kind of like the the latest Titanic movie. They had about ten of them, but the latest m- movie and the 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 remember the one guy had a mustache. And he was the one that kept forcing the captain, fire up all the boilers. We gotta make the, we gotta break this speed, fire up that fourth boiler. And he did, and bam hit the iceberg, and they're sinking, and everybody's dying, and when no one was looking, that guy that was demanding all that snuck on the boat, lifeboat, and you saw him going down like this. Now he looked like a rat and felt like a rat. But he totally abandoned. It. That's what happens in this walk. We all had it. Pastors will do that to you. And not even look back. They just, that's what happens to us. So you get left helpless and totally abandoned, utterly forsaken. And then you start thinking about the failures that have happened in your walk. Utter, complete failures that we just blow it. Just blow it. Matthew 26 75 tells us this. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus and said unto him, Before the cock crow. Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now look at me, Just for a second. I think there's a little bit of Peter in all. I'm not going to say, God, I'd never desert you. I'd die for you. No, I've looked too much in this mirror to be able to say that. And if our internet was working, which it's not, I had that clip. You remember that clip and the mob scene of *The Passion for Christ*, and they're just thumping the Lord every which way. And someone looks and says, "You're you're one of them." And Peter freaks out. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Blank, blank, blank. No, I'm not. And then he finally breaks away and he runs and he runs to I think John. He goes, "Peter, what's the matter?" And Peter's like this. And Mary, the mother of God, goes to touch him. He goes, "No, no, no," and he. Pulls up his robe and hides his face and runs away. I thought, oh man, God. How do we recover from a failure like that? Well, I'll just be better tomorrow. You know? He went out and wept bitterly. I have wept in my office like I've never wept before. Things I wanted to do for God. Things I thought I could do for God. Just various situations. And just wept. The song that's just tearing me up every time I listen to it now. And It's an old song. The choir, I think, even did it. It's, uh, Worthy is the Lamb. That song, Hillsong. Just various songs that God ministers. How can you recover from such a denial? Luke 22-31 30, says this. Again, this is New King James. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed. Or Peter, Peter. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may, may sift you as wheat. Uh, you don't do it anymore because flour is already whatever, but you remember when Mike Ross wouldn't remember. this do you do. You'd put it in a thing and go like this and catch the wheat to sift. Satan asked God, I want Peter. I want Peter. And God said, okay, he took Peter, put him in and sift as wheat. Listen, here's the only way you can recover from this stuff. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. Jesus said, I've come to touch you again. I know you people need more than one touch. You need more than just a born again experience. You need more than just salvation to continue to walk this walk like I have called you to talk walk because I have called you to things that you cannot do. And you will fail. You will miserably fail. You will deny me at times. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Now look, listen, this is what we would do. You have failed me, Pat Bishop. I have prayed for you. Now you just sit there and do nothing. Just thank God I've let you back. It's not what God did. Look what he did. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. So he's saying, Pat, I have prayed for you. You will fail. And when you have strengthened yourself in God, God, forgive me, God. Give me that touch again. You come back and start ministering to your brother. It's only a touch from God from such a collapse, colossal denial that Peter was able to come back. It wasn't Peter had more guts than us. It was just God says, I've done it. It's as if Peter got his second touch from God from God. Some of you have been touched. Maybe all of you have been touched. Then you need a second one. You're just not hitting on all eight cylinders. Maybe you just don't, I'm here. That's about all you can do at the moment. Or you're just bombarded with life and situations and and various things that just mount up. Things you haven't even asked for and maybe blunders you've done. And then the kids. And then the hot water tank. And then you just need another touch from God. And so here's the point now. I feel like this one person I'm going to bring to you. In Mark 8.22, it says, And he cometh to Bethesda. Bethesda, however you say it. And, there comes. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. Okay? At times of my Christian walk, I feel as I just don't understand anything anymore. And I've even said it maybe to you, and I know I've said it to my brothers. I said, it's like i just got to go back to square one. And even at times, I thought, you know what, maybe I should have never left square one. And I'm not talking about doing nothing. I'm saved and that's it. No, I'm just talking about maybe my ways and thinking. I should just totally dependently trust God and not start thinking I can do this. Sometimes you just feel like a, a blind man. God, and, and so as God was relating this message to me. And I'm thinking, yeah, man, bring a blind man. That's like me coming to God for a touch again because of life. Just life itself and not knowing what to do and when not to do it and how to do it and should I do it. and Pressures that come from life. Do I move? Do I not move? just lost my job. Do we panic? Do we don't panic? What do we... Life and pressures and disappointments. Demas, what? Demas? And failures. Just colossal failures that you've had in God. And if you're honest, you'd have to say amen to that. And he took the blind man by the hand. I'm saying, God, this morning, take me by the hand, God. Take me, Lord, by the hand. And lead me out of the town. And when he spit on his eye, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Now listen to my answer. And he looked up and said, Kind of, God. I, I know what you want to do. I just don't seem to... I see men as trees. God. I see through glass darkly, Lord. At times I think I know the commitment I should have and I just don't do it, God. I'm trying. God doesn't go, well, what do you want from me? I mean, that's if you would be honest like that and say, God, sometimes I just don't have the strength to carry it out or the will or the desire at times. I know I should, but sometimes I just don't, God. I kind of see. I think I understand, God. I'm trying to understand. This is too far for me. The arrow is beyond me, God. This is unbelievable, God. I'm trying to get... Over all these hurts and these disappointments and failures and life and pressures and my young children, and kind of see God. I kind of see, I think I see God. So, what's the Lord do? Didn't rail on him, didn't say, For crying, Lord, oh, man, what do I got to do for you? The Lord just simply says, After that, he put his hands again on his eyes. And made him look up, and he was, was restored and saw every man clear. I want to say, Lord, that's what I want this morning. Just touch, put me back. It's like the, I don't even know if they have many. Remember the pinball games, electronic or You just kind of, you know, you're on the edge and you're just, and tilting, and everything dies. And all the balls just, you lost. It's just like God goes, no problem. Bing, 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 bing. God says, I'm just giving you a second touch from God. And you're like, thank you, Lord. It's like he reboots you. He puts you back. It's like, yes, I can do this with God. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. This is that second touch that I want to thank God for. And can I submit to you that I believe that we all need a second touch from God this morning. Because I know how life, what it does to us. And I know how you fail. Because I read the same book. I made it the same pages. And we could be exhausted. And God will touch you if you just come by faith. Not another offering. No, it's just just coming to God. And saying, here I am with Matthew 17, 7 and 8 says this. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise. Be not afraid. We get afraid quick. I don't care who we are, how bad you are, how big you are. We get afraid quick. Listen to the no read again, but add some. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. I believe this is part of your second touch. And then he says this to you. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw nothing except Jesus. They didn't see the children, the job, the mortgage, the economy, the news, the election results, the tornadoes. They just saw Jesus. They didn't see Demas. They didn't see Ahithophel. They didn't see all those that left them, the pastors that failed them. They just saw Jesus. Touch me again. Touch me again. Give me that second touch, Lord, again, so I can continue to go on and walk this walk so that you may be glorified because a piece of dust accomplish things for you that only the lost and everybody knows it had to be supernatural because the arrow it's beyond it's there. Angie I like those lights all down again like you had it before I started you know man can accomplish a lot of things I mean this alone is amazing storm knocked out some time warner box over there I don't have a clue what to do but because I have this, fired it up, put it on texting. Now it has video to it, and I'm videoing this, all my stuff. This is the one I think, but I'm not sure. Talking away. Had a storm last night. You'd think I was crazy by myself. This here goes here. See, look, there's no lights there. Click. Video goes to New York City. Click. Comes back. My son, John, he goes, that's your problem. Man can do some amazing things. Titanic, everybody's seen that. When they go down, they found it. It was just amazing how they did that document. Amazing. Found it. Miles, two miles, wasn't it? The bottom of the ocean, amazing. Man can do some amazing things. Man cannot make the word of God alive. He can't. He can speak it. He can talk it. He can play it. He can sing it. But he cannot make it alive. So, that which is stirred in you is not anything by man. It's by God right now. Don't blow it off. If that's a, you feel a stirring, like, oh man, I need that. That's God. No man can make the Word of God alive. No man can manufacture or manufacture the anointing. No man. I make that point to let you know if you're feeling that, it's like, that's God. That's God. And so this altar call, I'm asking that you obey God and you just come down here and say, God, I need that second touch. You wore out, disappointed, been run through by demons, whatever it is, job, America, government, whatever, neighbor, yourself, whatever it is, God, I need a second touch from you. Lord, when I open my eyes, I just want to see Jesus on. Just Jesus. If you've never given your heart to God, you need that first touch. If you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, become Savior of your life, and you feel that stirring, that is not from me. That's from God. God's doing that to you. Almighty God, the one you maybe don't know or think you would like to know, He's doing that for you right now. And all you got to do is walk forward in obedience. To hear Him, God, I've never even had a touch. Touch. You've come with a friend that loves you. your will pray with you. will talk to you. Our altars are open. Please come. Please come before you and the enemy decide not to. Please come. Ask for that touch. You're wore out, exhausted. Pastors have let you down. Friends have let you down. Your nation has let you down. Your employer has let you down. Come. Come for that touch. Your wife has let you down. Your husband has let you down. Come. Touch me. Who does not want a second touch from